All right, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from somewhere in Judea. Why do I say somewhere? Because, as uh, strangely as it may sound, yes, I have been drafted to the IDF reserves, and I am now on guard duty. Not right now, right now. I'm on a little break, but I'm on guard duty, uh, making sure that Judea doesn't get overrun uh, by the jihad zombies and their helpers. And therefore, I am uh, in uniform and uh, right now carrying a gun, actually carrying two guns because I got my pistol as well, and the M16, the, the old classics, uh, the sh- not, not the big long one, but the short one. I got a cool flashlight. And um, um, I guess that leads me to point number one, which is uh, one of the interesting things about this war is that um, in some measure, this war has really been one to bring Israel back into fighting mode. It just seems that Israel was actually not in a real fighting mode and not, not uh, without, without battle-tested troops, uh, without folks ready to pull the trigger, and even with not enough gear. There was really a lack of gear. And so, uh, in many ways, this war has been um, one to bring Israel back to proper gear, proper preparedness, and also to battle harden. And, and I don't know about you, but I'm one of these guys who, you know, there's, there's people do it much more than me, but, you know, I've, I've listened to my share of, of uh, war podcasts and watched a lot of uh, footage about World War II and a lot of documentaries. And they always talk about battle hardened, battled ready, uh, tested troops, and uh, Israel was not that. Israel, Israel, with for all its uh, bravado, was actually hadn't really fought this kind of, you know, uh, tank and and infantry and special forces war. Uh, our air force is always kind of uh, at the ready, uh, it seems. But even they uh, have been uh, getting more training, although not in things like dogfighting and uh, uh, and in surface-to-air missiles. Which is, by the way, also a question mark in my mind. Like, how come, how come the bad guys don't have, you know, uh, these uh, uh, shoulder-mounted uh, surface-to-air missile-type things, stingers? Why don't they have that? Well, whatever. I, I'm happy they don't. But, but, but the point is, it's just a question mark in my mind. But, but what I was trying to get to was that this war has put us in a different place. And I wonder how you're seeing out there. Um, because I think that there's a lot of tunnel vision happening. I can feel in myself that it's not for easy for me to know how other people are seeing this war. Um, but one thing that I'm seeing is that I think Israel is more battle ready. And I see it all the way down to the kind of troops that I'm with right now, which is, you know, uh, um, reserves, 40 plus on local, uh, local militia, local defense, where I am in Judea and Samaria. We're just... We're more, our hands are more ready at the gun, at the trigger. Our eyes are a little bit sharper. We're all more battle ready. And I'm not even talking about, uh, you know, folks that are really in the frontline battles, like some of my, some of my good buddies, frankly. Some of my, my good buddies are really frontline troops. Uh, and had I stayed in my old unit, I would have been very, very frontline. Uh, but, uh, hey, you know, the age does, uh, does its thing. At the same time, even older troops are ready for battle. And my good friend Ari Abramowitz said to me, he said, look, the Bible says 
between 20 and 60, that's when you, uh, that's when you're out there, uh, that's when you're supposed to be a, a warrior for God and for Israel. And that's what the Bible says, 20 to 60. Uh, and I'm, and I'm way shy of 60. So, uh, um, the point is, is that, uh, I'm, I'm not even 50. Uh, the point is, is that I got still years in me and, and so do all my comrades in arms. All right. So that's point number one. Point number two, uh, is the question of the uh, Americans, uh, what are they up to? Now, I happen to be uh, suspicious, quite suspicious, uh, of the uh, American administration as it is right now. I'm suspicious of it because I think that they want to create a Palestinian state. They are constantly talking about that. And the big issue is the day after. And uh, Netanyahu is sending signals like, no way we're going to give the PA control of Gaza the day after. And the soldiers are like, there's no way that we're fighting so that the PA can take control and, we, and our kids have to do this again. And, our, 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 and, and there's a video that came out very strong of wives saying, look, we don't mind sending our husbands or our sons to the front line, but we just don't want to see it be for nothing. Uh, very strong, very strong. The American administration, who on the one hand is putting on a display that a lot of people are accepting as, as uh, their support and defense of Israel. And other people are, like myself, are a little bit more concerned that the support and display may be uh, a, a, a kind of, you know, a, a partial ruse where really the interest here is to shrink Israel, uh, to, create, to, to, to create a two-state solution. The sister narrative of the two-state solution is the solution of the settler violence. And that is all created in order to uh, make people feel like, you know, like, like, okay, we're fighting the justified battle against Hamas, but the Palestinian people have a right to self-determination, and therefore right after this thing, we're going to move towards that so that there's no more war like this. But that is, uh, that is false. And we see, by the way, that Palestinian society is showing that they are in support of the Hamas attack of October 7th. And poll after poll is showing that, or at least 80%, if not more. So therefore, if they're pro-Hamas act of October 7th, that means that that's what they want to do, is to keep terrorizing us. But I don't even need that. I don't need that. I, I, and in fact, that, that, that rationale can, be, can mess you up, because the simple answer is, it's our land. It's not because the bad guys are bad. It's because it's our land, and it's not to be given away to anybody else. And I like to reduce it to simple to a simple formula, which is, this land is our tribal land, and another tribe is trying to make an incursion onto that tribal land, and we can't allow that to happen. I have a, I have a group of friends, and, and therefore we can't allow uh, even the Americans, as usual, to push us into a two-state solution, or to allow the PA to, to have power around here. We actually have to understand what this war really means. It means that it's time to turn back on the thinking, turn, uh, walk back the thinking of Oslo, 
of the two-state solution, of land giveaway, of land surrender, of empowering jihadist elements, of giving money to jihadist elements, of empowering international community elements to come here into this land and help them build up Palestine and then terrorize us and educate their kids for jihadism. We've got to turn away from all that. It's time to snap out of it. It's time to snap out of it. It's time to snap out of that dumbness. It's time for a tshuva away, a, a, a repentance away from those dumb moves, those dumb policies. It's time to stop giving away our land. It's stop, time to start collecting illegal weapons. It's time to make sure that security prisoners are not in a hotel but are in a, a really unpleasant situation. We should bring back the death penalty and in simple terms, be aggressive against the bad guys and be aggressive to hold on to our land. It's really not tricky. It's only tricky. All kinds of forces make it tricky, but it's not tricky. I'm seeing beautiful um, sun rays right now. We're about to enter the last day of Hanukkah. I a little bit want to cry, but I'm not going to. Uh, because uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a very special Hanukkah, as I predicted uh, on on uh, on like uh, October eighth, you know, I was like, "Wow, this is going to be a crazy Hanukkah this year." Hanukkah means a lot to us right now, and uh, there's been great videos that I've posted on my Instagram um, with the Hanukkah lighting in Gaza and different places, uh, and we're standing at the ready like the Maccabees right now. I have a discussion with my friends about um, about you know who the real bad guy is. Is it the Americans? Is it the jihadists? Is it the Israeli left? And the truth is, is that uh, so accurately and simply did the Gon Mivilna posit a long time ago that we are dealing with three husks. Three husks are our challenge. One husk is the husk of Edom or Esav. And we could call that America and the West. The West. Rome. And another husk is the husk of Ishmael, and that's the Arabs and the Jihad. And then there's another husk, which is the husk of the Erev Rav, the mixed multitude, i.e. the Israeli, let's call it the Israeli left, the Israeli progressives, the Israeli Hellenists, the Jews, the Jewish Hellenists, not just Israeli Jews. And these are our three challenges to overcome. And within those challenges, we have to do a berur, a sifting, because within Esav, Within the West, there are many good people. And to call everybody just Esau and Amalek is silly. There's many good people who are with us, who stand with Israel and stand with God. And amongst Ishmael, maybe less, but there are people who stand with us, who don't want the jihadism, who want the light of Israel to shine in this region. And within the Israeli left, the Israeli progressives, the Jewish progressives around the world, there are people who are, you know, well-meaning, godly, good people, who can be turned to understand things better? They're just, they've just been trained in a different way. And this, these three challenges. Now, the thing is, the other side of it is that they work together, the three, to undermine Israel. You have America and the UN, which is, let's say, a Western tool calling for Israel to cease fire and to give up land. And then you have, so that's the ace of aspect. And then you have the uh then you have the the ishmael side right the ishmael side is the jihadis and the qataris uh and the hamas and the hezbollah in iran 
and they have you have all that, and they're stealing our land and killing our people, and then you have the Israeli left pushing uh, all kinds of leftist, many, many, many versions of of, of progressive uh, policies here, away from Judaism and towards uh, and towards leftism, progressivism, Hellenism. Uh, weakening our family values, our, our relationship to Hashem, and our and relationship to our land, and these three forces work together, and and what what Hashem does is He gives us the strength to fight against these three mammoth forces, and they have different faces. They have different faces, and so you sometimes have to fight with America, and other times you have to fight with Ishmael and with the jihadis, and other times you have to fight with the Israeli left. And, and they work together against us. And we, uh, people who love God, love Israel, are patriotic, love the Bible, um, uh, have biblical values and conservative values, and, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, are nationalist. And, and there are many people like that of various gradations and various ways, but there are allies. For example, Geert Wilders in... Uh, in uh, in in uh, in Holland, that's just one example. Okay, so he's not necessarily, you know, uh, uh, he he's not necessarily. I don't know if if he's a uh, Noahide, you know, a, a Ben Noach, but I think he is a great ally of Israel. And there's many others who, for various reasons, oftentimes because they're anti-jihad, oftentimes because they're uh, anti. Also, they might be anti-progressive West. Um, are allied with Israel, so. And, and there's ways to find and kind of pull out, out of all three of those categories, good folks, and there's ways that need to be dealt with where we push back at those folks and, and don't allow them to erode us. And that's what they did uh, in this Gaza thing. Look, look you know, look, here's, here's how that works, right? You have a dumb Israeli uh, progressive policy to leave Gaza. It is bolstered by America. Um, America gives a lot of uh, um, money to Iran. Uh, Qatar gives a lot of money to Hamas. Hamas plans a big attack. Israeli leftist way of thinking causes us to be weak and, and not prepared properly. Then the attack comes. And then there is a wake-up because Amalek struck us. There's no way not to wake up from that. But then, in the process of awakening, there's going to be people who say, don't let the army become too religious. And other people are going to say, we've got to create a two-state solution. Uh, and other people are going to say, uh, the Arabs are going to say, we have rights to this land. And then there's going to be Israelis who say, yeah, they have rights here. And all kinds of stuff like that. And in the end, it weakens you and weakens you and weakens you from the clarity that this is our land, that we're going to govern it in our way, and we're going to not allow anybody else to uh, take over this land uh, and that we should push them back, uh, kill the bad guys, uh, disempower them, defund them, and not allow them to, uh, to take over our land. And, and instead, uh, hold on to our land, settle it, grow it, raise children there, raise them in the ways of Torah. It's really simple, right? It's, it's like, it doesn't even have to be that complex or confusing. It can be, it can be simple. It's okay to enjoy it in its uh, and understand it in its uh, simple form. Uh, this is Yishai Fleischer. I am walking with you on um, IDF reserves. Um, our good friend, Ben Bresky, our intrepid reporter, 
has a very interesting compilation to, for us about Hanukkah in history and how uh, it was celebrated in various periods. And he's got great articles, stories for us, bringing the past to life. And that's our very own Ben Bresky. Ben, take it away. This is a moment in Jewish history. The holiday of Hanukkah celebrates the victory of the Maccabees over the army of Antiochus in ancient times. In the 1940s, World War II was raging, the Holocaust was taking place, and Jewish people were fighting in various armies in the land of Israel and in Europe. The following is a brief collection of newspaper articles from the 1940s during World War II and leading up to the founding of the State of Israel in 1948. Most are from the Jewish Telegraphic Agency. December 26, 1940 This Hanukkah, 2,100 years after the Maccabees drove the Greco-Syrian invaders from Palestine, 6,500 Jews are enrolled in the British forces in Palestine, prepared to assist in repelling any onslaught from the Axis powers. The modern Maccabees, as the Jewish recruits are widely known, are enrolled in the army and other fighting units, according to an announcement by Moshe Shertok, head of the Jewish agency's political department. Meanwhile, the Jewish National Fund announced the receipt of a Hanukkah gift of 3,400 dunam, about 700 acres, at Gezer, near Modin, birthplace of the Maccabee family, which led the fight of the Judeans against the invading forces of Antiochus Epiphanes. The gift was made by the Maccabean Land Company of London, in whose behalf the land was purchased by the late Herbert Bentwich, commander of the Order of the Ancient Maccabeans. The JNF plans to enlarge the tract which is suitable for the growing of wheat. Palestine Post, June 18, 1942 a candelabra for the Feast of Lights, Hanukkah, was made from food tins and enabled Jewish soldiers in a German prisoner of war camp to recapture some of the mood of the festival, according to a letter recently received by the parents in Tel Aviv of one of the men. The soldier stated he had never regretted that he had joined the British Army and was confident as to the future and added that a New Zealand padre had taken his candelabrum as a souvenir to be presented to the chief rabbi of New Zealand after the war. December 24, 1943 As of tomorrow, many of Palestine's Jewish householders can stop worrying about shielding their Hanukkah candles so as to make them invisible from the street. The government has announced that the blackout, which has been in force here since June 1940 when Italy entered the war, will be lifted then, with the exception of a 20-mile strip along the seacoast. The all-Jewish city of Tel Aviv, which in pre-war days marked Hanukkah with the lighting of a gigantic menorah on top the city's highest water tower, will still have to observe blackout regulation, since it is situated on the coast. December 11th 1944. The first Hanukkah services in Germany since the outbreak of the war will be held by American Jewish soldiers in the conquered part of Germany. American Jewish military personnel stationed in the Paris region have raised a fund for the purchase of Hanukkah gifts to be distributed to needy children in the city. Chaplain Najich will officiate at a special service in Paris. 
The service will be followed by a Hanukkah dance with music and entertainment provided by American soldiers. Chief Rabbi Julian Whale, broadcasting from Paris for the first time since the liberation of the city, thanked the Frenchmen who participated in the resistance movement for the help they gave to Jews during the occupation. He drew a parallel between the Maccabees and the leaders of the resistance movement in France. Like their modern counterparts, the Maccabees fled to the mountains and the caves in order to escape the enemy and prepare for a fight against him, he said. December 2nd, 1945 More than 48,000 candles and 400 menorahs flown here from Palestine in an American bomber augmented the local supply of candles to help the Jews of Germany celebrate Hanukkah for the first time in 10 years. These Hanukkah candles, which he said would shine from the windows of thousands of homes in Germany, were hailed by Rabbi Alexander S. Rosenberg, Director of Religious Activities for the JDC, as a symbol of a new message of hope for our brethren here. December 3rd, 1945 the traditional celebration of Hanukkah took on an added significance this year for the 42 pioneers of Kibbutz Buchenwald as they watched a procession yesterday of 300 children bearing torches and lanterns made of grapefruit shells and from the fruit of their own groves winds its way down around the farm settlement of Afikim whose water tower was topped with a huge electric menorah. After the children's procession, led by the youngsters from their own ranks, the members of Kibbutz Buchenwald mingled with Afikim's settlers to sing the traditional songs of the Feast of Light. They heard the head of the community speak of the memory of the great heroes of Israel. They raised square lanterns with their four sides marked with transparent letters, each with the initial of a word spelling out the phrase, Great Miracle Occurred Here. To the members of Kibbutz Buchenwald, who lay last year dying, this phrase was especially significant. For each one, it was a personal miracle. December 5, 1945 The resistance of Palestine Jewry to the continuation of the white paper policy in the Jewish National Home involving the enforcement of restrictions on Jewish immigration and land purchase is a modern counterpart of the Maccabean struggle for freedom 2,000 years ago against the imperialist policies of the Greco-Syrian Empire, Zionist leaders toward an audience of more than 1,000 representatives of hundreds of synagogues, Zionist groups, and general Jewish organizations at the Maccabean Festival Dinner held tonight at the Hotel Commodore. Dr. Abraham Gronovsky of Jerusalem, head of the World Jewish National Fund, said the Maccabees also fought against quote-unquote laws which they could not recognize as binding upon their conscience. A minority, they rose against a mighty imperialist power and with their own strength triumphed. December 23, 1946 the traditional Maccabee Marathon took place in Palestine yesterday with hundreds of runners carrying torches from Modin near Lida where the Maccabean revolt against the Greek rulers of ancient Palestine began. The colorful marathon began at dawn at the graves of the heroes of the rebellion in Modin where the Zionist flag was flown at half-mast in memory of the Jewish war dead and visaless immigrants who perished attempting to reach haven in Palestine. The runners were welcomed joyfully at each colony along the way, and their torches were used to light new ones, which were then brought to local synagogues to light Hanukkah candles. 
December 28, 1948. The festival of Hanukkah was celebrated in Israel last night with a relay race in which torchbearers started out from the ancient Hasmonean center of Modin, passed through Ramla where Jewish children in the town cheered the runners, and proceeded to the home of President Weizmann in Rehovoth. The Israeli president came out of his home to greet the torchbearers, taking a torch from one of the runners and holding it aloft, he declared, after 2,000 years, this is the first Hanukkah in the Jewish state. Again, the Maccabean spirit rules over the country, which is small, but has, I believe, a great future. From Rehovoth, the runners continued on to Tel Aviv and made their way to the Great Synagogue. The Hanukkah celebration continued outside the Maccabee House, Premier David Ben-Gurion, addressing the opening session of the Maccabee Parley, declared, We are living in an era where the Egyptian exodus is taking place in reverse. You are meeting, when Israel's army continues, the Maccabean fight for liberation and independence. This has been a moment in Jewish history. Thank you to Yishai Fleischer. Thank you to all the listeners. Happy Hanukkah and Shalom. All right, folks, I'm back here, Yishai Fleischer. I am walking, uh, looking at beautiful mountains, looking at this good and beautiful and good land, and praying to Hashem that this last day of Hanukkah is going to be a strong one. I'm, I'm a little bit emotional. Uh, I had a little break from the army, and I got to spend some time with the kids. And uh, we always vacation on Hanukkah. And now Hanukkah is coming to an end. Uh, but before it ends, there's the, uh, like fireworks, there's the salute, the, fin- the finale. And uh, tonight is Zot Hanukkah. This is Hanukkah. Uh, and so um, it's emotional. Uh, it's emotional. I always think about those Maccabees and what they faced. They faced an empire that controlled this land, that occupied it. They faced Jewish Hellenists. They faced Gentiles, Goyim in our land, uh, who, were not, uh, who were not loyal to the Jewish idea. And they took them all on. And in a multi-many-year war, were able to expel the Syrian Greeks, uh, force convert the Edomites, evict the Hellenists, and uh, really did a lot to create Der Judenstadt, the Jewish state, the Medina Hayudit, and uh, made the Second Temple, made the Second Temple, um, made it great again. And they fought without electricity, and in the cold, and in the mountains, and in the harsh terrain, they fought to liberate the land of Israel, and they gave up so, so much. Um, and I'm going to ask my friend Ben, uh, to play a song here. And this song is by, it might surprise you, but it, by, it, by, but it's by Peter, Paul, and Mary. And this song makes me uh, always tears, causes me to, to have tears. And it's called Light One Candle for the Maccabee Children. And I think the song has a lot of, um, a lot of truth in it. And uh, there's not enough... There's not enough, like, I, I, we, you know, I want there to be a Hanukkah movie. There needs to be a Hanukkah movie. But this is a little bit of a Hanukkah song that I think, uh, you know, God bless Adam Sandler with the Hanukkah song, but I think it's, uh, this song really has a lot of elements of what we're fighting for, what we were fighting for 2,000 years ago, and what we're fighting for today. Light one candle for the Maccabee children with 
didn't die. Light one candle for the pain they endured when their right to exist was denied. Light one candle for the terrible sacrifice of justice and freedom to man. But light one candle for the wisdom to know when the peacemaker's time is at hand. Don't let the light go out. It's lasted for so many years. Don't let the light go out. Let it shine to our love and our tears. Light one candle for the strength that we need to never become our own foe. Light one candle for those who are suffering Pain we learned so long ago Light one candle for all we believe in Let anger not tear us apart Light one candle to bind us together With peace as the song in our heart Don't let the light go out It's lasted for so many All right, folks, we're back here on the Yishai Fleischer Show, Hanukkah, and war, and the land of Israel. There's so much. There's really so much. Uh, and I'm even looking right now at very ancient stone walls uh, from 2,000 years ago, built into the mountainside here. Okay, uh, let's light one candle in our heart for all the people that fell, because a lot of people fell, including 10 soldiers yesterday. Ten soldiers. It's just almost almost impossible to understand. Uh, and, and there's going to be stories for years and generations to discuss uh, what happened and what is happening right now. So let's light one candle for all those folks. Um, I really want to thank the folks that make this show happen, my good friends uh, at highonthehard.com, taking us up to the Temple Mount in holiness. And, of course, uh, I miss my work very much in Hebron. Uh, the Jewish community of, which is defended and sponsored by uh, the Hebron Fund, hebronfund.org. Uh, my good friend Chaim, who makes delicious food at um, prohibitionpickle.co.il. Uh, my good friends at, uh, yeah, that's right, Chaim, come on, bring me some delights. 
um, here. Uh, uh, I'm not so far away from you here in Judea. Um, Prohibitionpickle.co.il. My good friends at RetroWatchGuy.com. I want to hear from them and how they're doing on their Aliyah. So I want to hear from you guys, and you guys make uh, you guys provide great watches. As we say, by Ami Mahem, from those times, Bazman Hazeh. That, that's the new slogan I came up with for, uh, for, uh, uh, for uh, RetroWatchGuy.com. Uh, and my good friend Aaron at uh, Kosher Cycle Tours, koshercycletours.com. We'll take you in this good land when, when this good land will be open for business again. Uh, Bezrat Hashem. And of course, jns.org and jewishpress.com uh, uh, make, uh, put out our show, the Isha Fleischer Show. I want to thank all the folks that support and donate, like Krista, uh, who sent in a, a lot of awesome uh, Buy Me A Coffee's coffees, buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai, and, and all the other folks that support. There's many other folks that support. I really appreciate you very much, and I want to thank you so much. I want to thank you, Chavit Seidman, Moshe Herman, Ben Bresky, Tabitha, and Lou when we're live, uh, for helping produce this show. I want to thank um, Ari Bramitz and Jeremy Gimpel for just being awesome and being the heads of the Land of Israel Network. I want to thank, more than anything, I want to thank Hashem for protecting this land and giving us an, an opportunity to broadcast His message. And I want to thank uh, the Maccabees for the work that they did back then so that we would have be inspired yet today and I want to thank the Chachamim, the Chazal, the, the sages, for enshrining that uh, holiday so securely with all that they made us remember about Hanukkah. I think Hanukkah is a message for generations. And uh, that's, that's what we're hearing right now. We're hearing that message. We're hearing that strength that they had 2,000 years ago and using it right now. So let's light one candle uh, on this eighth night. I want to bless all of you guys. And I want to tell you, just shine that light brightly. Let's shine it bright and really no holds barred. And we've got to put everything we can. We've got to use every opportunity right now to push. And I want to tell you something. It's a ground game. Get one more inch and that's another victory. Okay? One more inch of land. One more inch of Judaism. One more inch of connection to Eretz Israel. That's the victory right now. It might not be a full victory. It's, let's take it on that ground game. Let's use this moment to move the story ahead. Thank you, Hashem. Please, Hashem, give us more koach to move it ahead. In your name, for your, for your forefathers and mothers that you loved, for the history of the Jewish people, for the future of our children. God bless you, folks. Stay strong, stay connected, stay tuned. Be a part of it now more than ever. If not now, then when? This is the moment to be more connected than ever. God bless you guys and make those prayers and your voice heard. Shalom and love from Guard Duty in the land of Israel. Shalom. <laughs>